0: Mainly, a, a humanoid is something that has human form or characteristics, but it has to be some kind of entity or creature that is not completely human.
1: Ladies and gentlemen!
0: There are people that think they're enlightened after they encounter, they, their eyes have been opened. They've been illuminated, like John Keel used to say. Other people say that they don't want to see that again. They, they never want to see it again. They, they, they're terrified. She couldn't move. Then she saw like an eight-foot-tall giant, a man in bright coveralls. Her first thought, for some reason, was a thief. Suddenly, she heard something inside her head. I told her, you think I'm a thief? What did you do with my dog? She she asked furiously. Uh, she heard again in her head. You disturb me as you do now. I could crush you, but I don't want to. Just leave me alone. I'm busy. There's more to this world than what we believe or what we see. Uh, I think that's, that's what I conclude. There's... There's more out there. We're not alone in this earth. Hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, our animal friends. I'm talking about some somebody else is with us that have been here longer than us. Maybe they think that we're the ones that are intruding here. Who knows?
2: And now, ladies and gentlemen, banal of America Audio with your host, Tim Benal. What is going on, my friends? This is Tim Benal of of BenalofAmerica.com with another edition of B.O.A. Audio Season 8. Coming at you after our unexpected and impromptu extended spring break. Never expected that I would be gone for so long. A lot of stuff came up in the last few weeks. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show because I have heard your cries, and you want some fresh BOA audio. So let's get down to it, my friends. On this edition of the program, we welcome tireless researcher Albert Rosales for a discussion on his extensive chronicling of humanoid encounter reports. In short, basically what a humanoid is, is some kind of human-esque entity. And as you'll hear over the course of the next two hours in this exhaustive conversation, we'll discuss how that simple description, humanoid, takes on many various forms that can be found throughout Albert's work, including the infamous and iconic greys, giants, Nordics, Bigfoot, aquatic creatures robots, and so many other variations on the humanoid form. We'll cover all of those different types of humanoids that have been reported over the years and detailed in Albert's work. Additionally, we'll hear some very dark tales of nefarious encounters with humanoids where dire outcomes afflicted the witnesses who spotted these entities. Beyond all that, we will talk about trends in humanoid reports and speculate on the big-picture meaning behind this strange phenomenon. Just when you thought you might have a handle on the UFO enigma and the passengers of those puzzling flying saucers, enter the humanoid encounter phenomenon which really just tears the fabric apart on that basic idea. How are there so many different kinds of humanoids out there, and what does it all mean? That's what we're going to explore here on the program with Albert Rosales. Altogether, it is a comprehensive conversation which covers a vast array of aspects surrounding the truly mystifying humanoid encounter phenomenon with a researcher who has compiled a stunning 17,000 plus cases of this puzzling enigma, Albert Rosales. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Albert Rosales, please let me take a moment and provide you with a little background on him. Albert Rosales was born in Santa Clara, Cuba in 1958 and migrated to Spain with his family in 1966. Following that, they migrated to the United States in 1967. After briefly living in the Bronx, his family then moved to Miami, where he has been since 1967. After high school and college, Albert joined the Navy, where he served for four years, had two med cruises, and earned a top secret clearance. For the last 30 years, he has been working in law enforcement. His work on humanoid encounter cases has been ongoing for the last 10 years and has resulted in a compilation of over 17,000 case files. Albert's work can be found at ufoinfo.com slash humanoid. Once again, that's ufoinfo.com slash humanoid. And, with all that said, let's get down to business and rock and roll. This interview was recorded on January 24th, 2014. Albert Rosales, talking about humanoid encounters on BOA Audio Season 8. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of BOA Audio Season 8. I am extremely excited about this conversation I'm about to have with our guest, at times when I'm down on the world of UFO research, I find out about somebody that is doing such tremendous work that it really renews my faith in the people who are trying to get to the bottom of this and and that is uh really the case with our guest here this week. Albert Rosales has done an absolutely breathtaking job cataloging and chronicling humanoid sightings that have been reported over the years since all the way back to uh let me see here 4,780 B.C., all the way up to the present time, and in total, as of August 30th, 2013, he had uh, 16,982 cases of humanoid reports and encounters. So, I mean, think about that, folks. Just pause for a moment on that. 16,982, and that was as of August, so I'm sure he's already crossed the 17,000 mark easily by now, and that's just amazing stuff, and not only that There are so many cases like that and encounters and reports but that he's managed to put all this stuff together in such a tremendous website. You can find that at ufoinfo.com. And if you really want to dig into the humanoid aspect of his work, just put a slash and put humanoid there right after ufoinfo.com. Just an amazing amount of work. Really, my hat's off to you, sir. Like I said, you restored my faith in UFO research. there are good folks out there doing just tremendous work, and you are one of them. And I cannot wait to dig into this subject with you. So, welcome to the program, Albert Rosales. All right,
0: thank you, Tim, and thanks for having me. Uh, I'm trying to do my uh, my little part on the, on solving this uh, cosmic cosmic puzzle, but uh, I don't know if uh, there's ever ever going to be an answer. But I- I'm trying my best.
2: Dude, you're doing awesome. I'm, I mean, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm without words to express just how tremendous this, this catalog is. Uh, I, I cannot believe it. As I was saying to you before we started the show, originally going into this, I was like, oh, I'll just pick out some of the best cases. And then as I'm looking at the website, I'm clicking through here and he has it broken, you, you have it broken down, uh, by year, beginning in 1935. Prior to that, it's sort of in, in larger chunks. But let me just give an, an example for folks. Let's just pick. I was born in 79, so I'll pick. Uh, 19, I click on 1979. It loads up a PDF file here that is 195 pages. 195 pages of just reports of humanoid encounters and sightings uh, for 1979. That's stunning. You have an amazing amount of stuff on here. I cannot. You are such an unsung. Figure. why aren't people more people talking about this stuff
0: it's amazing you know i don't know i've been doing this like uh for for years now and i started it in uh the, the specific the humanoid encounters and ended the encounters maybe 19 well, yeah, eighty nine, ninety, 90 from there i i uh, haven't stopped i had a lot of uh, ups ups and downs but i i haven't you know i've been reluctant to do a lot of interviews and I just do my, I just do what I'm, what I, what I do, and I try to chronicle everything that I can find, every encounter, and I, and I'm just hoping that uh, it will help somebody in the future. To, I don't know, uh, but i just, I feel like I have to do this. There you go. Okay. Well, we
2: usually start out with the bio, the background, and I've, I've already been gushing and raving here about you. So let's let's hear, find out more about who Albert Rosales is. Uh, you know, what drew you to the UFO phenomenon, and specifically, because you say on the uh, page there, you say, I always felt that the study of the humanoid itself was more important than any other study, such as uh, trace cases or some of the other aspects of UFO research, the specialization. So, you know, tell us about what got you interested in UFOs, and then in turn, what made you really sort of focus in on the humanoids?
0: Well, the, the, the uh, ever since I was a kid, I uh, I grew up in... Uh, in Cuba I was um, I migrated to the United States in 67 but I, I and I had several like uh, encounters uh, when I was a, a child which back then I, I you know I didn't know what to make of them I, it was, I, I didn't know what UFOs were or or, or, or what I had, I had seen um, later on in life I I began reading the uh, books about the subject I was attracted to them immediately and I went to the library, local library, school library, and I was made fun of and poked fun at by my <laughs> peers and other students. As a matter of fact, they used to call me the Martian in high school, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> well but I, I, the first books that I read were like Jack's Ballet, uh, Passport Magonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got me started with the humanoids. I, and, uh, and then the humanoids, but uh, Donald Hamlin, the editor of uh, Flying Saucer Review. And after that, I, I started collecting uh, cases. Uh, I was in the Navy, and I while I was there, I started collecting. I started off with collecting all cases, but then I realized it was, it was just too much. And I just concentrated on the one I thought was more important, which was uh, what what's inside a UFO who's controlling the UFOs, the humanoids, mm. or the entities, or whatever you want to call them. And I started collecting those cases. I, I, I used all kinds of sources later on when the advent of the Internet. Uh, it, my, my research just blew up. I, I had resources or, or sources from worldwide, you know, Ukraine, Greece, you name it, Brazil, Argentina, everywhere. It's,
2: yeah, it's stunning, uh, the sheer, the sheer breadth of, uh, the stuff you've got on there. It's funny you say you started just collecting every case, and that got to be too much, but, that, <laughs> but yeah. now you've got 17,000 humanoid
0: cases, so clearly, uh, that's, that was, but I started, I started, uh, handwriting the stuff. I didn't have a computer, or a laptop, or anything like that. I was just, I, I write, I will write notes, just like I imagine Charles Fort did back in the 1930s. <laughs> Yeah. And I had a whole stack of notes of cases and then I you know I finally got a computer and a and here here we are. It's so I got more than 17,000 cases now you're right. Yeah,
2: yeah I presume so, so. You were like right on the cusp uh, on that August yeah. update. Uh now I guess to 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 bring people up to speed and to sort of kick off the discussion on the humanoids, I guess sort of define for me, you know, what you what what qualifies for you and for this project uh, as a humanoid?
0: Mainly, a, a humanoid is, is something that has human form or characteristics, but it has to be uh, some kind of entity or creature that is not completely human.
1: Okay,
0: anomalous or something that encou- is encountered uh, in relation to a, a UFO or not. I mean, uh, most of these cases are 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 like what you call entities in type E, which are entities encounter or humanoids encounter without the presence of a UFO craft. And they're not necessarily human form. We have a, I have a whole, you know, there's a whole slew of type of creatures. Uh, yeah. You have your your Hollywood gray, and you have uh, the Nordic so-called top. You know, the tall uh, blonde hair ones. Uh, reptilian, uh, but there's more than that. It's just yes, uh, a whole. Uh, if you if you go through my uh, website, there's uh, most of the cases they're not exactly uh, humanoid reported. Not they're not exactly the same. It's, it's incredible.
1: Right? Yeah.
2: It's it's. I, I, I could you even venture to guess how many different types of uh, entities, you know, are, are amongst that seventeen thousand?
0: Well, I imagine that. Um, amongst the types of like human-like, uh, or maybe the, the shorter ones, there are different categories. Different, uh, like like here, like humans here on Earth, we have uh in Europe, yeah, the Spanish, the French, the Germans. Maybe they're that's how they're separated. Also, I don't know, but I can't I can't even venture to guess how many. Hmm. And there are many, uh, many that I term more like paranormal type in nature. Because I, I do believe there's a, uh, a paranormal, uh, you know, a paranormal relation here with UFOs. With would, would not not all cases, but some cases there's a paranormal connection. Which I believe there is. Now what do you mean by para- paranormal in that? Is, well, uh, like, maybe, uh, yeah, got... Paranormal when uh, there's uh, something, uh, let's say, uh, Maybe when when there's somebody that uh, is, is playing with a Ouija board and uh, something comes through uh-huh. the Ouija board tells them to go outside that he will see a UFO or a light or an entity. There are cases that uh, people have been playing around with a Ouija, Ouija board that they've been, after that they've been told to go to a certain location and they have had encounters. And then there are cases in which uh, an entity is seen. That is really hard to, to to determine if this entity is a spirit or a ghost or some kind of a, a humanoid. Hmm. Uh, there, there are many cases and sometimes there, uh, there are poltergeist activity related to encounters with humanoids. Or even with uh, Bigfoot type creatures. I, I, I tend to include a, a lot of the Bigfoot type encounters in, into my humanoid catalog.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. It seems yeah. like, uh, so, so to, to hone in a little bit more on the definition part of it to, to get an understanding of this. So even if, okay. so if someone has an odd encounter with something that they don't think, uh, well, like for example, I was reading one, uh, from the website about the, the strange small woman who was curled up, uh, at the bus stop in I think it was Hollywood Florida and Hollywood Florida right okay. there was no there was no UFO in that story so it's not necessarily that there that there that there doesn't have to be a UFO connection for them to quote unquote like make the catalog if you will right right
0: as long as the entity is anomalous or unhuman like like let's say like the recent reports of uh I don't know you probably have heard of these uh, black eye kids huh hmm. Case. Yeah, we've done shows uh, on them, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really included too many of those in my catalog, but there, there are some. I had a lot of people contact me reporting encounters like that, and they're they're, they're kind of weird. They're kind of uh, eerie.
1: Yeah they're, uh, they're, yeah,
0: they're more than kind of weird. They're, <laughs> I, I, You know, the only thing I can tell them uh, when they ask me, what do I do if I see them again? I'll, uh, they come to my door, I go, don't let them in. Don't open the door, just... Just uh, lock your door and don't just try to ignore them. Go, hopefully it will go away. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah, so we've established sort of that the UFO is not the prerequisite to, uh, to, to be a part of this whole thing. Now, what about instances uh, from the 50s and 60s uh, of the contactees? Do you include that sort of uh, under the umbrella of the uh, – uh, presumably it would be, but all, I know also that it's
0: a whole different side issue and in, in, in genre, if you will. I, I try to include everything I can. I, yeah. I want to document everything. Contactees, abductees. I mean, it, unless it's really an outright hoax or I, I don't put it in there. Something that maybe somebody that's trying to, uh, I had people call me up or send me emails, with, you know, I could tell right away this. But I, I try to in- include all the cases like from the 50s, the known contactees. I, I, okay. I, I include them because I, I like to Document everything that's out there.
2: Exactly. All right. Okay. Yeah. I see you. Now it's interesting too when you're dealing with this sort of thing, um, and I noticed you do obviously, like you said, you're, you're just you're, you're just putting it all out there. Right. There's a difficult sort of scenario in a sense because when you look way back,
0: a lot of this stuff gets conflated with religious events. Very much. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the. Uh, Marianne apparitions or the you know, Virgin Mary apparitions, uh, holy mother apparitions uh are b- very similar to um to UFO events. I uh, had there's reports out of Brazil and people encountering uh female type entities, very similar to uh the a a virgin type apparition but 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 not with the same result. You know what I mean? Uh there wasn't a, a shrine built or Thousands of people came later and um, and worshipped the site or anything like that, but it was just an encounter with a female that resembled a a sort of Virgin Mary type uh, entity. Strange. This is like from more recent times? I I had some cases uh, in the 80s in Brazil, uh, and and many of these... um, in Cuba, also there were cases of somebody encountering something that he he interpreted it as a Virgin Mary type apparition. So it was a female entity wearing a blue cloth, some type of um, a belt, gold belt. But there wasn't no message imparted or anything like that. He she nothing was communicated. So yeah. he only he interpreted it as such. So. Uh, I include, I include all such type of encounters in my, you know, my catalog.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just interesting too, uh, kind of like as I, as a, what I was saying a little bit previous, that as you look at the early cases, the, the, I guess the better way to put it would be the Bible's full of humanoid encounters. I mean, it's chock full of humanoid encounters when you really, you really get down to it, to the basics of, uh, humans interacting with some kind of off, you know,
0: non-human, uh, entities. Definitely, uh, like uh, the angels uh, reported in the Bible. It's funny, but the, none of the angels that the, the Bible spoke or wrote about uh, are described as having wings. None. I mean, they were just reported as angels, but no, they were never reported as, as winged. Uh Then in the Middle Ages, the artists, you know, the, they 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 portrayed angels as being winged or, or having wings. Hmm. Now, but in the Bible, the uh, like the well, some of the angel visitations, like when, uh, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the angels that visited, uh, uh Gomorrah, uh, uh, were described as, uh, as uh, like shiny creatures, kind of glowing, but men like and they were not described as having wings. And uh, nowadays, uh, we do have a lot of, you know, creatures or men like creatures with, with wings, so a lot of flying humanoids you know, has been, uh, lately, uh, one of the main, one of the most common encounters. I don't know why.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, it's interesting. Yeah, flying humanoids is a whole other is a whole nother thing. It's 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 remarkable that the, the humanoid concept can encompass so much different stuff. I mean, we're talking about Bigfoots, aliens, the contactee experiences, uh, just straight up abductions. It's it's like yeah, it, we're dealing with a whole menagerie of stuff here under one umbrella. So I can see uh, I can see why you've got I, so much
0: material. I don't, I don't include all the Bigfoot or you know, right. encounters. I include the ones that I think are more, you know, high strange. Like Bigfoot communicating with a, I mean, with a, with a witness. Mm. Mental telepathy has been reported many times. Or some of the encounters in Pennsylvania back in 73, which a UFO was seen and almost in relation to UFO uh, landings or, or sightings. Those are the Bigfoot sightings I include. Yeah, the uh, the big wave there. I think it was Stan. Stan Gordon wrote the book. Stan Gordon. Yeah, he did a, a hell of a job of covering that. Yeah,
2: yeah that that was a, a crazy time. Yeah. Um, now, do you talk a little bit about this? Because this is definitely in the notes here. There's uh, one thing I want to ask you about. Talk talk about these sort of instances of of communication that happen, and and what kind of. I'm sure it's just so varied that it's hard to really. Pin down anything, but you know what? What's what's sort of the nature of the communication with in these uh, encounters when they happen?
0: Very, very. But uh, in the eighties, late eighties, and the nineties, uh, ninety-one through the night, through almost through all the nineties, there were uh, there was um, a large UFO wave in Eastern Europe. That mm-hmm. was the same time when the uh, Iron Curtain fell apart. But and many many encounters dealt with uh, messages given to the witnesses. And a lot of these messages dealt with uh future uh earth changes, uh global warming, uh increase of uh, earthquakes, volcanoes and most of it were over an envi- environmental, you know, message. Yeah. Uh, that's that's mainly a theme there. uh I, you know, coming uh world um earth changes, uh Nature, the humans, uh, how we are treating our planet—that we have to change our ways. I have cases like that in Puerto Rico, um, Panama, and a lot in uh, Eastern Europe. Like a warning—we've been warned many hmm. times.
2: Right. That goes back to the contactee stuff too. Yeah. It's, a,
0: yeah, it's a recurring message of uh get your act get your act right or something. It is. It is. And many of them are saying, "Well, yeah." They give you a, a date, but you know, it never happens. <laughs> But uh, some of these, uh, c- uh, encounters in the 90s in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, they're giving, they gave dates like, uh, 2000, you know, 14, 15, 16, you know, coming up. So, Uh-oh. we Keep our fingers crossed here, we'll see what happens.
2: <laughs> oh, yikes. I see, I didn't know that. That's spooky. Now, as far as the Eastern European ones go, were these like uh, what were the entities that they were communicating with? Were these uh, the uh, classic ETs or
0: or what? What? Most of the uh, it's funny. uh, A lot of the entities reported in uh, in Ukraine, Russia, Eastern Europe were like tall humanoids. Uh, Many of them were men like tall. Mm -hmm. Very few instances that I have on my records here you on know, my files that I know of with my sources in uh, Eastern Europe, have there been cases of little gray-type creatures? There has. I'm not saying there hasn't. But uh, most of the cases reported in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Russia, back in the 90s, yeah. were uh, human-like creatures, tall. Weird. Uh, many Nordic-type. But, uh, like, the, the landings there in Barshness in in 89... Uh, the The creatures was, was were tall, and some of them were robot like, but nothing like we we get a lot here in the states or, you know the gray type humanoid.
2: so it seems like the grays are maybe maybe a predominantly American phenomenon, perhaps
0: well. I could say that, but it's not really true. There's been reports of great type creatures in in other countries also, mm, yeah. But not as not as much as the as the U.S. I don't know uh, why the predominance here of great type encounters. Interesting. I'm I not think I'm not saying that. Maybe they're Hollywood has to do with it because we get bombarded with movies, you know, with great type humanoids. You know what I'm talking about? Like absolutely. I knew the recent movie, what was the name? Bob? Yeah, Bob. Yeah. And, uh, DT and Close Encounters and, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. We've been, the. the, Taken. We've been inundated with that stuff, yeah. Right. Well, how much do you think. I guess now you you say on the page that you, you know, you take these stories at face value. And I don't necessarily, you know, clearly of the 17,000. The, it would be interesting I guess you would never know until the until you go off to the next level of life or whatever uh, what yeah. the percentages are of, of hoaxes mistaken cases or stuff like that but I mean I, it's like where do you think uh, this comes from I mean uh, obviously we're, we're we're speculating about off world entities ETs but clearly there's got to be something else at, at hand here uh, for this sheer variety
0: well you know i i i, I'm, I'm, I don't know about off world maybe yeah but i i think there's more like an interdimensional level here that we're, that we're dealing with mm-hmm. other other dimensions other realms that at times that there's an opening and some something or somebody gets through and there's an encounter or there's some kind of interaction uh or maybe they use uh wormholes or other dimensional um Pathways to travel, you know, but but it seems like it's just too many. Some people, well, some I had other researchers tell me that, well, if you go back to four thousand BC to two (laughs) thousand and fourteen or thirteen, seventeen thousand doesn't doesn't sound that much. (laughs) Maybe not, but uh, I don't know. Ah. i i, I uh, my my own belief is that it's more like an inter uh maybe other dimensional um, entities that are are you know interacting with us
1: right right
0: right exactly it does. Well, and, oh, and you know with using u, UFOs, os i i'm not saying that that there's not an extraterrestrial uh, connection i i think there is i think there's maybe uh u f o or maybe alien Bases and and one, and some of our other, other planets here in, or in our uh, solar system. Maybe the moon, maybe Mars. Yeah, that's what I believe.
2: Exactly. I mean, we could be. You know, we are we were using the classification humanoid, but we could be. That could be akin to saying like dog, where, you know, the 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 ETS are are pit bulls and and elves are poodles. You know, it's
0: there could be all different all different sorts of things going on here all different types, of breeds. Exactly. <laughs> you say you were you were born in 79. I have 335 cases for that year. I call the 70s the high strangeness dec- decade. Starting in like in 1971 is just like it was out of control. It was up to 1979 it was just incredible. What do you that think? of cases?
2: What do you think was the the cause of that? Because there's also this sort of thing going on in you in the scene at that time too. That there was sort of an explosion of of peripheral stuff. Uh, you know, interest in crop circles, cattle mutilations, uh, abductions. That all sort of uh, came to the fore. I mean, it had been around before that, but it came sort of into the consciousness of, of people looking at this stuff in that decade too. So it seems right. like it was quite an awakening period for everybody,
0: especially starting the fall of '73. Uh Something, something went down. Something happened, and it, it's, it's sort of an awakening. You're right. A lot of like latter day, if you, if you will, latter day contactees. Like back in the 50s, the, the contactees were like uh, celebrities. They were like uh, they will travel all over the the world, visiting uh, other countries. But the, 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 we have other contactees that are more like what they what kill. Young Keel used to call them silent. Or silent contactees, we had a lot of those in the seventies and even the eighties. I, I I see like in in early eighties it was a slowdown. Yeah. I look got my catalog in early eighties. It kind of slows down and it shoots up incredibly in eighty nine.
2: Yeah, I noticed that. There's some interesting. Yeah. uh Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, here the totals by decades was uh was was pretty remarkable. Uh, because there's some there's some years that really stand out where where, yeah, 90, uh, 1990, 595, uh, the previous yeah. year, 500, and then the year before that, 261 for 88. So almost more than, more than, uh, more than double 88's total in uh, in 1990. Now what do you attribute that to? Because perhaps better reporting? Because you get these, how do you, I guess let's circle back a little bit, because I want to know how you get all this stuff in the first place. Like 17,000 cases is, Is this like you get a UFO book and you're looking through it, and then you find there's a story and you haven't had it yet, so you put it in the in the catalog?
0: Well, that books, magazines, newsletters, but the what happened in 1990, 89, the Iron Curtain came down, and all the information started coming out of Eastern Europe. Information like that we never heard like before. Hmm. The landing in Borisneth, and then we have all the researchers in and and Russia that've been there all the time Poland Romania they started coming out with all these their, their cases we never heard about these cases because they were you know behind the iron curtain and uh, a lot a lot to do with the language which a lot of these cases were never translated before and there were hundreds of cases i had a connection in the ukraine that he would send me he will he, he would translate the cases for me and he would send me Dozens of case, uh, cases a week, but I, I will, in payment, I will send them, uh, like, a package with uh, 10 or 15 books yeah. from the U.S. They wanted books. They wanted books over there because they didn't have the books. But they had, like, cases. They were, like, inundated with cases, especially in starting in 89 through the 90s. Now, so what was, was – Slow
2: down. S- yeah, it, go ahead. It's, it's, no, it sounds like you got an interesting uh, – connection there with these folks like what was their were they as befuddled by all this as we are or did, had they come to any sort of uh not necessarily conclusions but did they have any sort of uh, like pet theories on on
0: on what this was all about well it, it, over there is like there seems to be more open-minded to and there seems to be more uh you know more uh scientific interest hmm. in eastern europe a lot of these people had connection to universities and and uh, and different institutions over there but uh, as far as concu- conclusions uh, a lot of the um, researchers I I was you know in contact with uh, a lot of them thought they were uh, in extraterrestrial a lot most of them extraterrestrial uh, and some of them not some of them thought they were more like uh, like I was Mentioning earlier, uh, uh, other dimension, uh, interdimensional or whatever, hmm. even subterranean species. But mo- most of the, uh, the thinking there is extraterrestrial. Okay. Unlike, uh, unlike of, uh, many other researchers in, in, other parts of Europe.
1: Okay, so yeah,
2: so it almost kind of mirrors the American perspective on this as well. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah,
0: yeah, true. Yeah. What, what is your birth date in 79? See so if I have a case for your date. Uh, it's January 26th. 1979. Was a, that was a very busy a uh, month. 79. Oh boy. January 26. It was. <laughs> Let me see if I have anything there. Yeah. Very busy month. Got 24th, 24, 24, 25. I got 25. Uh, and then he jumps to 28. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> oh, it's <that's
2: laughs> all right. In there. <laughs> Well, it's it's just amazing. Uh like I said, the sheer amount of stuff on there. Again, it, it it's really hard to sort of to ask you about uh to sort of put a bead on these things cuz this, this is like a like a list of outliers amongst outliers. It's even more uh bizarre. But do these encounters generally run along the lines of sort of serendipitous they they seem accidental i guess is the point i'm trying to make they seem like uh more often than not these people are stumbling upon some kind of hum- humanoid uh rather than uh i don't know the humanoid came to them with the express purpose of uh seeing them communicating with them abducting them etc well
0: i think i think i think you're right uh, a lot of them were like uh, inadvertent encounters uh people go out camping or maybe they're out somewhere in the, in the country or at night they go out for some reason and there's an encounter. Uh, but there's also a lot of people that, are what I call repeat, repeat, and, uh, uh, repeat, uh, abductees or repeat, uh, experiencers hmm. that have repeated encounters. And these people are seem to be somehow chosen or picked to have several encounters. Uh, I, I've been, I talked to some, you know, I had some myself, I investigated several local cases. Several and I talk to a lot of people in bald cases, and and somehow there there's uh, people that, that have encounters so all through their lives, and I you know since since a uh, child, they' since their children to their you know all their all throughout their adult lives. Yeah. And you know, back in the fifties and sixties, when you said that you had a UFO encounter, that, that was crazy enough. But if you told anybody that you had had several encounters, that
1: they were
0: as a nut right away. Hmm. It didn't didn't happen. Now is a is a very common thing that if somebody says, I, "I've been involved in a UFO encounter," and they they already had several already. Right, right. Yeah. Well,
2: it's interesting. There's a sort of a mixed bag on this. Uh, there, the, it in some in some corners it's it's okay if you if you come out with these sort of instances but also the, the, i'm sure there's got to be a widespread at least here in america sort of a societal taboo against this you know what i mean if someone has is having encounters with a humanoid uh, like I, I guess what i'm trying to say is i mean you have seventeen thousand cases here the, the actual number of such events may be triple that uh, just from the people who won't wouldn't ever tell you that
0: it happened to them I have many instances of people contact me at first and they, they say, I need to tell you something that happened to me. I go, sure. will be, it will be confidential. I, if you want to, I'll add it to my, uh, to my database and you will be anonymous. And they say, they say yes and they, but they never contact me again. I guess they're afraid. Yeah. Or they don't want, you know. And, it, you know, it's like back in the middle ages, people that, uh, all those people that were burned out of state because they were accused of being witches. Because they claimed they were they encountered the devil or encountered goblins or whatever, god knows. And you know, thank god we're not living back in the Middle Ages because that could happen to the UFO witness.
2: Yeah, I I I I, I hasten to say, but I bet you in some countries uh I don't want to say which countries because I'll probably get nasty <laughs> emails, but I'm sure in some countries if you had a humanoid encounter even today you'd be uh branded uh a heretic
0: or or a lunatic or so. a UFO encounter yeah any kind of anomalous anomalous encounter you're right yeah so i mean in South America, they're very much more open right to that uh even in in europe eastern europe uh, and in uh asia middle east. Uh, not so much, but um, especially in the Middle East, there I don't know. But even though I got cases, a lot of cases from there. Uh, India, they, it feels like it should be a lot more cases from there, but I, I don't have that many. Yeah, China, the same thing. I don't know. Well, perhaps we're dealing. You were
2: talking about the fall of the uh, Iron Curtain. Uh, hopefully. Someday, maybe, uh, I feel like there's a wealth of UFO information at hand in China that we don't know about that hopefully maybe someday will come out that we'll be able to, uh, all share in. But, I don't know. Maybe I think so, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It seems to be the case, because clearly there's sort of a ring of cerc- secrecy around that, around that land, and, and, uh, they'd be foolish not to be interested in UFOs, so. They're doing something over there, looking at it. I'm sure. It'd be interesting to see what they know. Can you imagine just the sheer size of China?
0: What <laughs> what well, kind of stuff amount, is there? Yeah, right. The amount of people there, also. I I have tried to contact re- people there, and uh, it been, hasn't been easy. Hmm. I, I even contacted people in New Zealand and uh, Japan, all over the all over the world, and Poland, Hungary, Brazil, Argentina. One place I, I don't have any, maybe uh, one case is Albania.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I haven't been, I mean, I only got one case for that. It's a little country, so I guess, uh, I thought it was interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, if there's any Albanians listening and you've had a humanoid encounter.
0: <laughs> yeah, give me a, send me a message to my email.
2: Yeah, go. get in touch with Albert so we can find out more about this. Um, what, now, oh, I wanted to ask you about this, cause this was really weird. The, uh, th- that video, it's from 2007, you, people can see it on the website, uh, it's from Poland. I'm flummoxed oh, yeah. when I look at that video, uh, and I'm stunned that, 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 here it is, it's 2014, it's seven years probably since the video was taken, or six and a half probably. Um and I'm stunned, I've never even seen this video. It's tremendous, it's just absolutely baffling, Um you know, tell people about this video and, and, and what do you make of it?
0: It was sent to me by a, uh, a Polish researcher, and at first he, he didn't want it to to be known to anybody. It was kind of a hush-hush thing. But then it started coming out in different places, mostly in, in Europe. Uh, like you see in the videos, it seems like somebody's they're laying on the ground there, covered with a blanket, and something comes out of the... Behind some trees of the woods like a little man or a little creature and is holding some kind of staff or something. Now, with some of the, the Polish researchers that i talked to, they're divided. For some reason, there's a couple that think it's a hoax. They didn't tell me why they think that, uh, but a lot of them, the ones that uh, presented the, the video to me, they, they, uh, they vouch for the video. They, they believe is a, it's a uh, genuine video. He seems to show some kind of a small humanoid. I don't know if it's some kind of like a sprite or a fairy or a leprechaun. I don't know, but it's very interesting.
2: Yeah, it's very very weird. At first, uh, I had to watch it a few times, uh, but at first, it, it looks like someone raking. I thought it was someone raking. I didn't because I didn't realize there was somebody on the ground there
0: in the in the uh, with the blanket. So there's somebody on the ground with a blanket. I don't know if they even saw anything. I'm not, I'm not sure uh i I don't think they saw anything that there's a they just there's a dog that seems to be looking around his ears perk up but I don't think anybody saw anything
2: right that seems to be the case because the yes yeah. the, the, they're acting pretty naturally as it goes on uh yeah you know, it's just an inadvertent pickup in the video you almost wonder if it's right. like some kind of like you said about the dimensional shift you wonder if it's if, if it's just a, not, not not like a, I guess like a like a supernatural glitch in the camera, if you will, where it somehow for one brief moment just picked up a brief a tiny little moment of another dimension or something. Who knows? It's really
0: weird. Well, I, yeah, I talked to a lot of people that do, they they believe that maybe there's time travelers involved. I mean, that's even that's further out there. It's that's, that's kind of hard to believe, but who knows? You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, time travelers, yeah. yeah. If anything, the time travelers would be the least likely to pop up on the humanoid uh, collective because they'd be the most human of all the entities, so, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, unless they they evolved or changed so much that we wouldn't recognize them as humans.
0: Well, you you uh, do you remember the, uh, in 1966, this case is in the humanoid, uh, in the book, The Humanoids? Uh, the Eddie Laxon encounter in 1966 when this guy is a, he said like a mechanic and he sees, uh, an object on the ground that, that looks like a, a metallic fish. And then, uh, out of some, some guy walks out of the object that looks like he, according to this guy, he, he looked like a, uh, a normal Air Force guy. Dressed up like a, in some kind of uniform and he was like kind of, a checking around the object. I don't know if you ever heard of that report. No, I never heard of this story. Ever? If you look at 1966 in my catalog, mm-hmm. let me see if I find it for you. Uh, yeah. Some people uh, think that it might be... A um, time traveler? No, well, not a, not a time traveler. I, mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe some kind of a birth technology um, that has been being kept hidden. A lot of people claim that a lot of the UFOs are like black hey, pro- are budget projects. Yeah, maybe. black. Yeah, black. Uh, budget. Can't. Well, I can't find it right now, but if I do, I'll let you know right
1: away.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, so, we're also talking about instances here where there's, you know, I guess humans involved with UFOs. They would fall under the humanoid
0: category in a sense too. So, well, there there's many cases in which count and people encounter UFOs and their occupants, and the occupants are like a mixed breed. Humans, short uh, grays, and no other types of creatures.
1: Hmm.
0: Many many cases like that. I find those cases uh, very uh, high-strange and very interesting cases.
2: Now, beyond the environmental warnings of these communications, are there ever instances where uh, the entity, like, knows the person? You know, where it's like, hey, Albert, it's, uh, you don't know me, but I know
0: you. I'm E.T., that kind of thing. Well, yeah, there are a lot of people that say, yeah hey, uh, do you don't re- do you remember me? Do you know who I am?" This is I had a guy in Spain that said the the entity, something very tall, wearing a, cl- a black cloth, like a hood. Mm-hmm. You know, it told him, "You know who I am. You shouldn't. You rem- you don't remember me, but you know who I am." And this guy had no idea who was seeing. He was like totally freaked. He and this entity led him to a uh, an object and he' do- he doesn't remember much but he, he the, whatever it was that told him that he he knows who he was but he just didn't remember him
2: that's strange that 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 speaks to the whole idea of like uh, people being abducted as kids and then they come back later you wonder if that's the, well, that's what the the entity was talking about like maybe he the, the
0: guy was abducted when he was a kid and he just doesn't remember it that's what I'm I don't know. Maybe that's that's what I'm thinking. But there's other cases uh, too. March March twenty-three, nineteen sixty-six, if you look at my uh, at the nineteen sixty-six catalog,
1: mm-hmm.
0: March twenty-three, uh, this guy is uh, driving to work before dawn. He and he came upon a brightly lit metallic object blocking the highway ahead of him. It was a fish-shaped hole, ten about twelve, ten to twelve foot high. 75 feet long, maybe resting on stilts. Uh, a central door was open with steps and, uh, very bright lights. Uh, there was a curved antenna on the top. Uh, there was a tail on the back with a porthole. And he saw a couple, so, uh, uh, some kind of uh, an inscription on the, on the hall that was totally uh, like human type inscription, like T. Like in Tom, L, and then some numbers. It's there in the, uh, the report. And he said he, he saw a man kneeling next to the, uh, the object. And he, he looked like he was wearing a sort of a Air Force uniform with a peak cap and a chevron insignia resembling that of a Master Sergeant. And uh, he, he got out of the car and he ran toward the object and turned to get his camera, of course. And, um, but meanwhile, the guy entered Back and went back inside the cabin and took off vertically, emitting <clears throat> a sound like an electric drill, and took off very fast. And uh, he could, he wasn't able to uh, photograph it, but this case was investigated apparently by uh, Dr. James McDonald. Oh wow! The late, uh, yeah. And this is weird because it shows that this whatever that was, the, the occupant was completely human type.
2: I'm telling you, man, the thing is amazing. I, I think you could spend like a 40-hour week uh, just trying to get through the whole website and still would be, have only <laughs> made a scratch into it. So, I mean, uh, like I said, kudos to you. It's interesting, have you ever, I'm sure you're kind of aware of the, of of what happened in ufology where it was like they didn't want to deal with humanoids for a long time. Uh, I think APRO was the ones who would deal with you without humanoids, but NICAP
0: was like, no, no, we don't do humanoids, uh. APRO was the only one that originally took the humanoid reports seriously at the beginning. Right. Not even, the one, the, and they only started that like in, in the late 50s. Uh, at the beginning, any, any humanoid report or most that Blue Book, uh, got a hold of, they discarded. So God knows how many cases were like lost forever. And uh, a lot of the cases that were called into NICAP, they were originally, they, they completely disregarded those also. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. Why do you think, you know, on a human level,
0: why do you think that, that happened? I think it was too strange for them. Yeah. I think they were not ready for it. They, they were totally, I mean, they would, they had enough with, with UFOs. Now they have something inside, I mean, out of the UFO. They couldn't deal with it. Uh, that's what I think.
1: Hmm. I don't
2: know. <laughs> now obviously this isn't like a, this isn't a critique of you in this stuff, so bear with me on this, but why do you think we don't have any, any like physical evidence of this, of any of these encounters, uh, whether it be, um you know, photographs or films aside from that 2007 one. I mean maybe there are photographs and I just didn't get to them because the, because the material is so dense on the website, but I mean why do you think there's a, considering there's so many Cases. Why do you think we have a sort of a lack of uh, of anything particularly tangible beyond the the testimony of the witnesses?
1: Well,
0: you know, there there are photographs, of, but they're very hard to locate and very and very uh, many of them are people just uh, either don't want to believe they're real. But there are photographs of uh, supposed entities. There's uh, I don't I don't know if you heard of that video that was taken in Turkey. In two thousand and seven or eight uh security guard uh, and i I haven't even included that because i'm not too uh i'm on the fence on that one but the you know i I think we have more evidence that we we uh that we tend to uh to really say that we do uh many if if you believe a lot of researchers and I'm one of them, I think that maybe they, that the some branch in the government has more evidence that that they are willing to share, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and maybe a lot of the evidence that's been that collected, a lot of them have been taken away by certain parties. A lot of people said that they had uh, a photograph or some kind of piece of evidence, and either something happened that that evidence was lost or stolen, something happened to it. But uh, but right now, I think there's a lot of uh, legitimate photographs out there already. Mm. Of of of, I'm not saying that they're spaceship, but they're unidentified un- flying objects, even videos. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that we should have more evidence. But for some reason, maybe the, even maybe the UFOs are, did not allow us to have all hmm. the evidence. I don't know.
2: Well, like in the instances of these humanoid encounters too, like we were talking about, they seem often accidental. So if I was like walking through the park and I ran across, a, you know, a gnome, uh, and then he then he ran away. How that, it, there's really no way for me to document it other than what I saw on set.
0: You know, no, you know it, it would only be your your uh, what you say, your your uh, what you what you say you saw. Right. So you know, what kind of evidence is that? That's you know, hearsay or? But uh, but a, a lot of people claim that they've been on board. Uh, like even Betty and Barney Hill. That when they were, they claimed that they wanted to take a a book. Where they saw the UFO with him, and they told him that they couldn't have it. Hmm. Uh, the guy in Brazil, Bias Boas, the guy that, that was made to—he was made to have sexual relations with the, the female alien. He tried to steal something that he found that he—he he said he looked like a clock or a small clock, and, but they took it away from him. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard to have a, some kind of substantial evidence. Well, how about this? I mean,
2: this is a this is a <laughs> this is a purely American phenomenon in a way. Um okay. What about? <laughs> do we have any instances of people shooting these things? Many, many instances, and,
0: and you're right. A lot of them, most of them, are here in the United States. Right. Uh, but there are some other places with bad consequences to the person that shot the in Brazil especially we have cases with this guy shot at um in a place called Pilar de Goez in nineteen sixty seven and it was a UFO that landed in a on a in a runway. It's an old runway in the middle of the jungle and this guy came out of his shack with armed with a rifle. He shot he there were some figures running around the the object they he said they were tall, bald headed men. He took a shot at him and something shot out of the UFO, like a a beam or light. I think he said it was green or something struck him knocked him down and he fell kind of and then uh this guy was dead within a week oh my god some kind of uh some kind of cancer uh and that just uh it started uh at a, at a high rate and it couldn't be controlled and there was another case in in cuba a, a military guard he saw an object, but it looked like a helicopter, but it was not a helicopter. It was oval shaped and it had a beam of light and he'd fire at it. Boom. He was in the head by some kind of light. Five days later, five days later, he woke up in the hospital. He didn't die, but he was, he was out cold for five days. Yeah. There's many cases. And the U.S. Uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of cases of people shooting at them uh, without asking any questions first. That's why I say, yeah, you know it's an American phenomenon. Yeah, we has gotta unleash George Zimmerman. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, right. But I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, uh, if I, you know, I see something like that up close, I, I don't know if I would try to approach it. I would be very careful. I uh, wouldn't run to it, that's for sure. I have my own, my own experiences. I have a little article on that. I didn't include everything there, but I have my own experiences. But I just warn people not not to take an aggressive stance. Don't 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 shoot at something that you don't know what it is just yes, because you don't know what it is. Something. Yes. Yes. Use uh, caution.
2: Right. Exactly. Those are that. That's words to live by for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it stands to reason that there's something about these entities. That even if you shot them, it doesn't seem to make a difference because uh, we don't have any dead, as far as we know. I mean, there could be an in, there could be a story like like you're saying about the them taking away evidence. I mean, somebody somebody somewhere could have shot a, an alien, and the government could have just come and taken the alien and probably taken them. You know what I mean? And, and that's the last you you heard of uh, you know your cousin Marty or something. Uh, so who knows what what has happened? But as far as we know. There's no instances of somebody like shooting an entity and
0: and having it. No, uh, maybe people have claimed that, but it's been you know outright hoaxes. Right. I know there's a there's a case that was investigated by Leonard Stringfield, mm-hmm. you know, the late Leonard Stringfield out of Ford Dicks, New Jersey. Uh, according, I don't know if you heard of this case. Uh, in January '78, uh, a couple of MPs patrolling the perimeter, and there was a little. Alien or little figure that ran across and they yell at it to halt. They shot, shot at it and apparently they hit it and it fell. And then there was something, uh, an object showed up and picked up the, the, the bean or the humanoid or whatever and uh, took off. Uh, this happened in 78. It's in the, uh, in the summary there in Fort Dix, New Jersey. Weird. Very. Right. And, uh, According to the to Stringfield, the, the men told them that they thought that whatever it was, they, they thought it was dead. Hmm. So, Right.
2: But who knows what they, you know, who, who knows what, not, what they could it, do I'm, when they picked it up, you know, the uh, the craft
0: or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, it, it wasn't Fort Dixie, it was McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey, and uh, January 18, 1978. And is um, there in the the January summaries. If you want to read it, mm. pretty long summary. Nice. Um, so, do you? How many? I guess how
2: many reports do you? Would you say you get nowadays? Just from because you've been doing the website since '96, I think you said. So, how long? You must be getting. You must get reports all the time now from
0: people. Excuse me. I, I get. A, I'm getting a lot of them from people that contact me. Um, email. I know better not to get my phone out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I had some, some really, I don't know if they were doing it on purpose, but there were some really crazy people calling me. But, uh, the latest, the latest, uh, email I got a lady in Arkansas. She sounded very, uh, concerned, serious. I contacted her a couple times. She and her daughter, but it didn't happen this last year. It happened in 2011 in Arkansas. I got a, the name of the town. I forget, but it's, I haven't included it yet. But uh-huh. they were, they were arriving from, uh, they had gone rock hunting in an old Indian mound, they call it, uh-huh. and when they arrived, they the, her daughter looked up and said, look, Mom, it looked like a witch, a witch, and she looked up and then said, she said it was like a, a shiny figure that would seem, it seemed to be like descending over them, it seemed to be winged, but it was shiny and it, it appears to be like. It wasn't solid," she said. "It appears to be like, like a jelly. It seemed to be moving and descended over them, and they ran into the house and whatever it was. I'm still trying to get more information on that, but it, it was very interesting. She she thought it was it had to do something with the uh, with that, the mound. Uh, yeah, but she, she found some kind of uh, artifact there, and then uh, she brought them home. Oh Jesus! Don't do that. Uh, I told her that whatever it was, she should bring it take it back. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe she disturbed something. Uh, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I... You know, maybe that's a paranormal type of entity. I don't know.
2: Now, when you but, hear from people who've encountered the entities, uh, what's the general... So what's their mood? Because I think it's important to look at the witnesses, too, in a sense. Like, what is... What is the effect on their lives? Of have they are they are they frightened? Are they angry? Are they are they do they feel more enlightened? Has their <clears throat> mind opened? You know, what, do you get any sort of sense about how these experiences affect the witnesses?
0: A lot of people feel like their their life has changed. That that this they're not going to look at the, a life the way they used to before ever again. Everything has changed. Now they know that we're not. Alone, per se, that there's something out there that that's unexplainable. They they they're, they feel change. Now there there are other people that have more negative encounters, which you know I've talked to. that and some people a group uh, family from Australia has some very negative encounters, and they feel like they're being uh, pursued or. Attack by some type of type of beings. Uh, you know, thankfully there's less negative encounters than positive encounters. But you know, it runs the, the gamut. There are people that think they're enlightened after the encounter; they, their eyes have been opened, they've been illuminated, like John Keel used to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or there people that say that they don't want to see that again, they, they never want to see it again. They, they they're terrified.
1: Yeah, Jesus.
2: Yeah. Yes, frightening. Now, what, 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 for the family in Australia, what was, what was the experience, what was tormenting them?
0: It's a place, a place called, uh, Bullsbrook. Uh, I think it's Queensland. I'm not too sure. I don't have it right in front of me mm-hmm. right now, but they were, this, there, especially the daughter, a teenager, and a friend, kept, they were getting bitches, visits a night. Some kind of entity, it seemed to be a cloaked entity that will float into their room. And uh, then they will, they will scream, they'll hide under the blankets, and then they will wake up in the morning with scratches on their bodies. Oh god. They were like, you know, it was, it was pretty weird. And they, you know, I try to tell them, why did you contact me? I hear, and, uh, is there, isn't there somebody in Australia that can help you? Yeah. I know there are investigators there. And I try to give them uh, a couple of names and emails. But they kept contacting me and I kept um, trying to give them, you know, advice on what to do. Uh, I think the last contact I had with them was in last year. But they kept getting like uh, repeated encounters with this kind of weird entity that will visit their daughter and her daughter's friend at their house. And it was kind of, it was pretty negative. They said it was a cloth thing that would float into the room. Uh, they saw some kind of negative aura coming from it. Hmm. Even even perhaps evil, you know? Yeah. I don't want to say yeah, but you know, maybe.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. For some people, these are angels, and for some, they're demons. It's
0: Yes, yes. Like I said, a different, uh, either depends on the type of encounter you have.
2: When the Sox and Celtics and Patriots or Bruins are champions again to the chagrin of New York and Chicago fans, the
1: crowds will gather and watch a parade go down Boylston Street. And this time next year, on the third Monday in April, the world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder for the 118th Boston Marathon. Bet on it!
2: You're listening to Banal of America Audio.
1: This is our fucking city. And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Thank you.
2: Let's sort of just Tackle, I guess, the modern era. So we'll leave behind um, the, you know, we'll jump sort of maybe from like 1900 on. Have you, have you seen any sort of like trends or overarching themes
0: uh, develop amongst all these cases? Well, that the, the, they're increasing. I think a lot of people think that no, that we don't have encounters anymore. I, I tend to, to, to differ. We it seems to be an increase of encounters from the 19. 19- Hundreds on up. I mean, and uh, and maybe more profound cases and more high-strangeness case, cases now. Hmm. Um, now and then, uh, 2013, I I have. Let me tell. Let me see how many cases I have already, because I haven't updated the, um, the website for 2013. I included a. Uh, 2010 to 2013 together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm sure it's, by the
2: nature. While you're looking at that, I'll just sort of make the point that just by, by the nature of time and everything, it's probably harder to get uh, the more recent ones anyway. Uh, the scent.
1: It seems to be
0: like a more complex encounters now. It's not your just your typical flying saucer landing and the little men coming out. It's, it's more complex now. It's more. Is not just uh, your friendly little green man. Is you got a lot of uh, what I call bedroom and intruders and uh, all all kinds of encounters. Uh, Bedroom intruders, yeah, like like the Australian case. Yeah, uh, that's that's very common. That's very uh, common. Very creepy. Jesus. You have. uh, You're at. uh, Let me see. I tell you, I got a. uh, I haven't had it. Any, but I have like seventy, seventy-eight cases for nine for two thousand
2: thirteen. Seventy-eight cases. Wow. And, seventy-eight and, cases. Yeah. And like I said, but just just by the nature of time, that number could increase to one hundred and fifty or something in five years because people will. Somebody might call yeah. you in, in in 2016 and say, "Oh, this thing happened to me in
0: 2013, and then that'll go into the list, so it's Yeah, exactly, like that lady that contacted me from from Arkansas that she uh, had the encounter in 2011. right, right. so and it seems to me like a lot of encounters in uh, you know in South America is the, they're like it never stops there, especially Chile, Argentina. for some reason it's like, wow." It never stops. We have some winged entities in Chile recently. There was a photograph taken. We're talking about photograph, I don't know if it, this is not already, in, and this is not in the UFO info yet, but there's a photograph taken of an entity in Chile oh uh, November seven. 2013. There's a weird. This is a, this is a real, a real weird image. I want to send you my email with that, um, with my new cases, so you could look at it. And plus, there's another photograph of another entity taken in Argentina on November 19, 2013. And in both instances, they were not seen there after the, the film was developed. That's when they were they noticed the, the weird entities. Uh, well, that was the case with the with, uh, yeah. the, with the Polish video too. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In many in many cases, uh, it's like that. Uh, I'll I'll send you my newest ones uh, from uh, two thousand thirteen. Yeah. On your email, so you can look at them.
1: Yeah,
2: it's 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 remarkable stuff. I mean, I, I really. It's a difficult topic to grasp in a sense because, like I said, I think we're dealing with a multitude of different things all happening at once. Uh, you know we're, you're right we're, many
0: many different type of phenomenon included here right. a lot of different types and 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 many people will ask me what is your your favorite encounter your strangest encounter I, I can't really answer that because there's so many yeah a so, wow you know it's, it's, it's impossible
2: do you ever do you ever feel like jaded by these because you've gotten so many look looked at so many cases and everything are you ever just like oh, geez... uh
0: you know, I want to give up. Yeah, a I, I, couple times I almost did, but then I, I, I keep—I don't know—I keep coming back at it, doing it. I don't know why I keep—I <laughs> keep coming back, and I think it feels like it's something that I have to do. I don't know why, but uh, one one day I'll stop. I don't know, maybe soon. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, no, dude, you can't. Do, uh,
2: you can't stop. We, I got to tell you, this is like you're doing some of the best work I've seen in a long, long time. So you, you can't stop. I, I wish uh, we. I got to give all all props and due respect to Greg Bishop. He's been raving about your stuff for a while, and and really turned me on to the website uh, a few months ago. And I was completely blown away, and
0: I'm, I'm still stunned by the sheer amount of stuff. So, well, Greg, I I, I talked to him again in uh, February something. We have a, have a date set up with him again. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think he said on the 9th, so uh around that time, but uh yeah. Yeah. See, tell me a little bit about these uh Type X cases. Uh where you say the situation is so uncanny that it doesn't fit into any of the previous uh classifications of encounter. Uh talk a little bit about these Type X uh, events.
0: Well, that, that's that recent uh the nomination that I used, uh, type X is when, okay, it doesn't really fit in. Something that's so weird and so high strength that I uh, go, wow, it's not, it, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't necessarily deal with a humanoid. It's with, uh, some, something, an event so weird that, uh, that you can't really, like this case in, uh, in, uh, in Russia. This couple friends or some friends were, were, this abandoned stadium. They were just, you know, playing around like that. And one of them suddenly—he suddenly seemed to stumble, and he fell. But he then he fell through the wall. it seemed like the wall wasn't there. He, all of a sudden, he found himself in a in what he described it like a room. And he saw some windows, and he looked down. It was dark outside, but he was totally in a different in a different location. He he didn't know where he was. Then he he walked a little bit in the room. There were some men. He described them as like wearing some kind of a uniform with mask, and they were, they were they were walking towards him. And he terrified. He ran. He stumbled again. He all of a sudden he fell out of the wall again. And, and his friends were had been looking for him for the last hour or so. Yeah, I mean, this is investigated by a couple of Russian researchers. Uh, I mean, and uh, what do you what do you make of that? I don't know. It's weird. And, uh, <laughs> Um, there are many cases like that. I, I just started doing the type X. A lot of people ask me, "Is it's really hard to, to pinpoint?" about it, the ones that you just got to read them, and that way you can determine if it's an X or not.
2: Right, right, right. Well, there's one. Uh, there's a couple in there that are like people get into uh, the craft and they see a Bigfoot in the craft, or they see a Bigfoot right. interacting with the with the ETs in a in a natural yes. sort of way, as if
0: they're on the same page, sort of. Yes, yes. That's what I, you know, I. That's why I say that uh, Bigfoot, in my opinion, okay, I, I don't think Bigfoot is an animal. I think Bigfoot. I think Bigfoot. I'm, I'm convinced almost, that Bigfoot is uh, an intelligent being, perhaps even more intelligent than than us, than mm. humans. And, and, we, and he has uh, psychic. Uh, it could be, and he has psychic uh, powers or potential. is is as a it can speak to us, communicate via you know telepathy, and uh, do other stuff. Become invisible. Like you know, there are reports like that of Bigfoot. All of a sudden, you see a Bigfoot it starts running, and it all of a sudden disappears. Right, right in front of you.
2: Yeah, it seems like the Bigfoot. It's not an accident that people haven't nailed it yet. It's, it's it knows that we're we're trying to find it. So it and it knows it knows not to be
0: found. It's a very, yeah, there's uh, always rumors of Bigfoot bones here and there, but no, i you know I don't think there's any credible cases in which they had somebody had captured a Bigfoot. Actually, you
2: know, no. I mean it goes back to like what we were saying about shooting these things. If somebody shot any an alien or a Bigfoot, we'd know about it. But it would, that would be the game changer. That would change the whole paradigm of what we're dealing with. So clearly, we we haven't reached that point yet. No. I tend to generally ask people this a lot. Uh, who do sort of, I guess, the fringe research or, or, uh, who are doing really good compelling stuff. Have you ever encountered any, any, any pushback from, let's say, the powers that be or, or people that are, that, that don't want you to look into the, the ET, I mean, the, uh, the humanoid aspect of all this?
0: Well, I guess I could say it now. When I was in the Navy, that's when I started doing my, uh, compilation of cases. Not necessarily the humanoid, but I was in, up in Great Lakes, boot camp, and I, I was, remember the old UFO magazine, Saga, Saga, UFO Review, or, yeah. or Report, Saga, S-A-G-A, UFO Report, Saga. I used to be subscribed to that, one of the first people that I was. And, and then I, well I was in the Navy, and then my family will send the magazine up to my boot camp. <laughs> and one day they call me in, uh, Sergeant, not the Sergeant, the, uh, Chief, uh, and they asked and they called me into their office and I w I didn't and they told this, and they brought up the magazine. I guess they opened up the package and they and they go, Why are you reading this? I go, Well, that's unsubscribe. I guess interesting and and they looked at it and they looked at me and they sort of smiled and uh, they they gave it back to they didn't take it away, but they were they were so for some reason they were uh, kinda of, uh, wondering why it was interesting in that stuff. I guess they thought it wasn't <laughs> right. And, in my current job, which I don't want to go into, I, uh, one, one, one day I was called by, I was sent an email by, um, I believe it was Angela, Angela, an, Angela Joyner. Yeah. She, she wanted to interview me and I, she gave me, give me, a, I gave her a bio and I told her where I worked and I think somebody I worked know, uh, so saw, saw that and I was calling the office and told not to do it, so. Yeah, it's a little sometimes I get I do get a little pushback.
2: Right, right. But no visits from men in black or anything like that. No. Not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just sent you the email. Yes, be, I see. Uh, I see. Okay. It's uh it's pretty weird. I mean, I don't know what to it's. It's. Have you come to any sort of conclusions about a lot of this stuff? I mean, you, you've looked at it much deeper than I have. Obviously, uh, the humanoid aspect of it. I mean, it, it feels like we're just we're we're just unaware. I feel like that's the word that comes to my to my mind here when I talk about. I guess the human race, in a way, we're we're we're, we're at a big event, and we don't know we don't know we're in attendance to, if you will.
0: Most most people are clueless. Yeah, they don't know. They have no idea. They're and it's true. Uh, the thing we're we're con- we're we're mostly worried about daily life, which is true. Which is uh, maybe it should be that way. And most people don't worry, don't look up, and they don't even bother to look up in uh, the stars. But there's something around us. That's, I don't know. There's, there's more more to this world than what we believe or what we see. Uh, I think that's that's what I conclude. that I think that there's. There's more out there. There's a we're we're not alone in this earth. Hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, our animal friends. I'm talking about some somebody else is with us. They've been here they've been here for longer than us. Maybe they maybe they think that we're the ones that are intruding here. Who knows?
2: <laughs> That's creepy thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Well, you do you do sort of wonder, in a sense, where it's like we could be sharing the planet with some other, some other entity or or species or something like that, or some intelligence is probably the best way to put it. And they could have been here all along, and they might not be too happy that we've just taken over the place.
0: No, they might not like us too much. No, but maybe some of them uh, do care for us, which is the hope for many of the people that do have encounters. Hmm maybe they're they're here to to serve mankind <laughs> <laughs> well that's so a like good
2: Indiana. that's a good jumping off point in a sense 'cause one of the one of the aspects of these type X cases in the article that you wrote for the website there is uh these and it was such a chilling term the permanent abduction which uh right. is it sounds like what that guy in Cleveland did to those girls you know uh a permanent abduction is just that <laughs> they're just taking you forever. That's scary thought, especially when you think about uh, there's a guy doing great work, uh, David Polides, who does work on these yes. amazing missing yes.
0: person cases. I have all these books so far, mm. and just incredible. And and that's another thing that people are totally unaware of what's going on. Yeah,
2: and you, and, you wonder uh, if there's some kind of Venn diagram point there where these, these permanent abductions and the mysterious disappearances somehow connect or something. I don't know.
0: It's scary. Yeah. Uh, permanent abductions. You're, you're, there's more than than people want to really admit. A lot of them, like the, the you know, like the uh, Fredich Valentich case in yeah. Australia, the pilot and the uh, two Puerto Rican pilots by 1980. Uh, there's many cases, actually.
2: Yeah, it's a phenomenon. That's for sure. It's uh, it's frightening in a way. It's kind of like uh, done a little bit on human mutilations uh, cases and. But the permanent abduction thing is, like you say in the, in the Type X article, unless there's someone there to see it, you don't necessarily know it was a
0: permanent abduction. True. But then there's, uh, there's, go uh, there, there's a case in uh, again out of Brazil, there seems to be like crazy stuff happening. that happens there. Uh, two brothers, and they were abducted. One was brought back, and the other was never heard from again. This happened in again 78 in Brazil. I mean, an instances like that when there's a couple of witnesses and one is one disappears and the other one. I mean, usually if it happened here, maybe they'll arrest the guy, and then accuse him of murdering his brother. I don't know if that's what happened or whatever, but no, he he was believed it was a actual case in, the, in January 1978 in Brazil.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, why do you think it is that Latin America is such a hotbed for these types of stories? You
0: know, I really can't, there's, it's, there's a lot of, uh, well, you know, Latin America, there's, there's a lot of, uh, ancient, uh, history there. There's a lot of, uh, ancient, uh, ruins there. That, that, the Maya, the Inca, the Olmecs, and, and before them, other, uh, civilizations that, that were there. And there's a lot of folklore there. There's a lot of legend. And, and, and same with, same with, uh, in Europe, same, and, you know, in the UK and, uh, and all, all over Europe. And i and, and I mean, in the U S also, because we got the American Indians and they have legends and they have their mythology. A lot of that deals with visitors uh, visitors from, from, from the stars, from other realms or from other planets. If you think about it, it, it a lot of our, our ancient myth and mythology deals with a, uh, this is from other places. Yeah. By, uh, what, you know, gods or whatever.
2: Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you, you mentioned RD6 Killer Clock in a few places, uh, in, in these reports. Yeah. She's, she's done amazing work, uh, uncovering these modern encounters. Uh, you know, that's the, that's, I think one of the big things that I took home from, uh, obviously, your site and her work too is uh, these things are happening in modern times and stunningly it's really not as widely reported in the paranormal media as you would think why do you think that is you think people are still uh, subliminally uh, afraid of the of, of the entities in a way uh, just just like it was back in the day
0: of the NICAP and apro kind of I think so I, I think uh, it's really hard to accept something like that I mean you be, you'll be a It's like accepting that something. There's something here that's that's, that's more intelligent than man, than human, more powerful than human, and could take us out anytime they wanted to. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to face the fact, but we're, you know, we're not. uh, I mean, we're not at the the top of the food chain. That's what I. That's what I think. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not saying they're gonna eat us or anything like that, but there's something here more powerful and more intelligent than us.
2: Exactly, yeah, yeah. And people probably don't want to, I guess when you look at it like a, a UFO is benign. It's not, it, it, it's up in the sky, it probably can't hurt you relatively, but once we got these things running around on the ground, then, then we're dealing with a whole oh. other kettle of fish of, of, of potential danger and, and fear.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like to include all the cases, the benign cases, the, bad cases the, the negative cases a lot of people don't want to deal with the negative cases they totally ignore those they just want to believe that there's brothers from outer space are coming here to save us well, I like to believe that too but you know we gotta be uh, we have to believe what we see and what we read and what we're, we're told
2: right we have to deal with the facts that we have or the, the information the that we have
0: right the information that we have
2: Yeah. so it's it, it would be foolish it would be foolish to dismiss the the frightening ones because we don't want to be frightened because because that could we could do we do that at our own
0: peril perhaps. Right. You have to be open to all the situations or all the the type of encounters, and you have to look at the good and the bad in order to have light. They got to be darkness also. So that's my opinion.
2: We talked about. The I guess you could say the spiritual or psychological effect on these folks who've had these humanoid encounters. What about, and you talked about, the people who uh, shot at the UFOs and, and bad stuff happened to them. But I guess to talk a little bit maybe, are there any instances where people encounter these entities and then later fall ill or show any sign of physical uh,
0: effects from the encounters? Yeah, many, many, many times there, there are people that... Uh, Many times they're warned not to get close by the entities, but they still do. And then, then later on, uh, these people are become really sick. A lot of them are like their hair starts falling out. Uh, they, a lot of them get cancer, uh, either some type of cancer, or and there are other type of negative effects. You know, they they become ill, they become weak, they're bedridden for for weeks. There's cases like that, in... and and. and um, there's a case in Spain, uh, this guy left work one night in a motorcycle, and he was followed by some kind of egg-shaped craft, a UFO, and came close to him, just followed him, didn't do anything, else. just followed the guy, and, and two days later, he was bedridden, he never left the bed, he died about a, within a month. And they, the doctors say that he died of consumption, or he just withered away. And there, there's a famous Brazilian case from the '46. This guy was hit by a beam, a green beam from the sky, and, and an hour later his flesh started falling off his body. Oh Jesus! He, he was, and this happened in 40, 1946. It should be the. his flesh started falling off, and he was still alive? Oh God! They carted car- car- him over to the hospital. When they got there, the guy was almost skeleton, but he was still alive. And then he died. That was. I mean, you can't get any worse than that. No, no. <laughs> Jeez. It's a 1946 case. Oh, my God. That's not the Virginia case, is it? No, no. The Virginia case was uh, a UFO crash uh, recovery of entities. Right, happened okay. In 19, 1996, which right? I, that's another, uh, you know, thing altogether, which I believe that uh, they, there have been recoveries of, uh, Anomalous craft and entities.
2: Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it stands to reason. There's been some widespread sort of reports, if you will, about either obviously crash UFOs, and that's a whole other genre, if you will. You know, it's yeah, it is yeah. Uh, crash UFOs, uh, alleged crash retrieval teams, cases like the Virginia case, uh, a lot of weird, uh, a lot of weird stuff. This whole thing is flummoxing. The more I even look at the uh, the humanoid stories. And I, I presume you also sort of include, th- th- there's also like this element to it. We, we've kind of focused on the UFO aspect of it, but there's also this sort of folkloric element of it. Um, you know, elementals and, and gnomes, as I teased before, and elves and fairies and that kind of stuff. Have, have you looked at those cases? And, and, I mean, what do you make of that whole thing? Do you think, you're, go well, ahead, you're just what do you make of that whole thing?
0: I include all those cases also. I, I, I think they're they're entities. that are anomalous anomalous entities or humanoids. Maybe in the uh, Middle Ages, uh, when people encountered little men, uh, with, they were you know they were called like Jack ballet say they were called fairies or elves back then. Right. And the fun the funny thing is that nowadays we we still have reports of encounters with elves and fairies, even leprechauns. Uh, yeah, I have lots of cases like you know, leprechaun type entities in the in, in my files. Strange, strange. There was a uh, an uh, Obrien. He wrote the 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 cases over there in, in Colorado. He in his book, uh, Enter the Valley. He includes a case of a hunter. A bear hunter, I believe, was in Colorado on the Mexican border, New Mexico border. He, he encountered uh, uh, something in the in the woods that looked just like a leprechaun. So, like a little man dressed in green with a, a green hat. And this is in, in New Mexico.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. See, that's the cool part in a lot of ways too, because it, part it, this is so. Once you start going down one train of thought. Uh, you, you start going off on all these sort of, like I said, outliers and, and things where you're like, no, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily. It's kind of very bewildering because it, at first you think, well, maybe just like you said, maybe, and Valais said, you know, maybe maybe the tales of elves and gnomes were really the aliens and it was all, or, you know, for lack of a better term, on aliens, uh, you know, all right. this one same thing. But then you get stories where, like this guy you're talking about who clearly saw, you know, something along the lines of a kind of diminutive human, if you will, not an alien, I guess is the... Right. so So, we're back to these being different things again. It's very
0: confusing. Very. I know, I know. I mean, I wish... It's really hard to... I think it's really hard to find an answer to this. Hmm. I, I I'm not here to find... I'm not doing this to find an answer. I'm just doing it to... To have a record of all, all this incidents and encounters, right? I want, I want, to, have, I want to have a, I want to record, of, you know, chronicle, uh, a chronicle, if you will, of all, all these incidents. I'm not here to find an answer, really. I, I don't think I'll, I'll be able to find an answer. Maybe there's an answer I'm among all those cases in there somewhere, combined with something, with, with something. Who knows? But uh, I find it difficult. Well, Greg and I were
2: talking about this, uh, and I've talked about it with other guests, too. And and hopefully someday in the not-too-distant future, uh, you know, the the right people can come together for a project like this. But I'd love to see somebody take that database of stuff that you have and and synthesize it statistically and see if we can come up with anything in there that we haven't figured out or noticed yet. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like all of a sudden we realize that if you're in Brazil on the 4th of November and it's a full moon – you're, it's going to happen or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true.
2: So I I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see a project like that undertaken someday. Uh, you know, maybe I can, experience. it will be great. It yeah. Be great. Yeah. Because we, that might be the only, like you said, maybe the answer's in there, but we Somewhere. don't know how to figure out the, what question to ask yet. Maybe the best way to put it, you know? Do you foresee right. what I like about you two, Albert is uh you you're you just you got your head down you're just doing the work which I have a lot of respect for. Do you do you foresee within the UFO community though of course though there is this sort of this this push for us to for us to be told the answer. Do you foresee any sort of future where we do or is it just always going to be a mystery to us you think?
0: I don't know it's going to be a mystery I think it's going to be a mystery for a while. I, I, I think, like you said, if once we go to another plane, uh, we know we've, I, I have a feeling we'll find the answer. But, uh, while we're still here in this world, I think we're, it's going to be a mystery for a while. I, I don't know. I don't, unless something really happens, something like earth shattering, uh, I don't see anything. That re- come, that's going to be like, that's going to f- tell us what's the answer coming up anytime soon. I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know. A lot of people think there's going to be a um, government, government revelation coming up soon, and we're going to be told. I don't know. I, don't know. I wish it, it would be true. So,
2: Yeah, but it, just looking at your stuff is like an argument against that, in a sense, just because the sheer amount of weirdness going on, uh, I can't imagine that the government could have figured it out themselves, so... And it, it, whatever answers they have might have come from one of these entities, and I don't know if I would trust it in the first place, so, so who knows?
0: Or maybe they gave up
2: already and it really... I could see that, yeah. The government saying, hey, this is way too complicated and weird for us, and it's not hurting us, so let's just move on. Yeah.
0: I was, I was looking at a uh, case here, and uh, which I always thought it was an, uh, you, you know, a lot of people ask me, what, you know, what is a case that you find important, I mean, interesting? Uh, there's this case in 1993 and from Israel,
1: uh-huh.
0: a place called Borgata, May 30, that this uh, lady, Hannah, she woke up, she heard a dog barking. She got up, this is around 3am in the morning, and went downstairs, uh, from her bedroom to the kitchen and looked out the garden through the glass door. When she saw her dog literally flying through the air and slamming against the wall. Oh god. Poor, poor dog. Shocked and terrified, she bravely opened the door, but was confronted by an invisible wall. She couldn't move. She couldn't go any further. Then, she saw like an eight foot tall giant a man in bright coveralls her her first thought for some reason was a thief she thought suddenly she heard something inside her head that told her you think i'm a thief what did you do with my dog she she asked furiously and then the she heard again in her head he disturbed me as you do now the giant spoke to her telepathically without moving his lips crush you, but I don't want to. Just leave me alone. I'm busy. The woman then ran back into the bedroom to wake up her husband. When both came down, the giant had disappeared. In the garden, they found huge footprints, about a foot and four inches in length, and certain they let her. They let her found uh, circles in, in their garden and some kind of powder on the floor. But uh, I just thought it was uh, <laughs> kind of. Frightening the the way this this entity told a lady that he could crush her.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, sure I'm he, rendered but... speechless here. Yeah, that's he just dismisses. She's like a she's like an insect. He just dismisses her. Like I I would, you know, I
0: could fling you across the wall like yeah. the dog. Did the dog die or was it what happened with the dog? Doesn't mention any more what happened to the dog. Uh, hopefully not. Well, he was hit against. He was slammed against the wall, but. Uh, it reminds me of the of the movie Prometheus, the tall giant type of creature. Did you, did you see the movie? No, I didn't see it. No. Okay. All right. Well, never mind then. But <laughs> I guess, uh, I thought this is a kind of a strange, ominous case. I mean, I don't like to, I don't like to dwell in the negative cases, but there's you know they they should be paying attention to. I believe you know.
2: What about an instance where uh, you've heard of these kind of stories where it's like an they, they're often tagged with an angel situation where people are saved by an entity, a mysterious entity. Have you ever looked at that kind of thing? Have you ever gotten a – I'm sure you have. I feel like every question I ask, I ask, have you gotten these? And you're like, yes, I have a million of them. <laughs> <laughs> have you – talk a little bit about uh, those potential stories because I'm sure they've crossed your
0: path. There are many cases. Uh, I mean, in which people claim that they've been beneficially affected after encountering, not necessarily a humanoid, mm-hmm. but after encountering a UFO. Uh, I remember the, the case in Texas: two police officers. One of them had been recently bitten, been bitten by a, by a. I believe it was an alligator, and he had a, a wound. And they came, they came upon a, uh, a UFO that uh, emitted some light towards them or something. And, and the next day this guy was cured of the wound. And there's also cases of people claimed. I talked to a guy personally from, uh, uh, Brooklyn, New York. And he said he was, uh, uh, cured of his cancer after an encounter with, uh, he woke up and he, there was like, according to him, there was four men in the room. They were all blonde, wearing blue outfits, hyphen and blonde hair, and they, they, uh, came up to him, they did something to his, he said it to his uh, stomach, and he was cured of his cancer. He had some kind of cancer, I don't remember what, pan- pancreatic, which is very, uh, lethal. Hmm. I talked to him back in the 90s, according to him, this happened in 89. Uh, that's that's his story. Huh? I mean, uh, I can't say he's true or not, but uh, there, there's many cases in which people claim uh, very positive, you know, after effects. Yeah. So it's not all doom and gloom.
2: Right, right. It's not all that they have these encounters and they die or they uh, they get sick right. or anything. It's it's just so I'll weird. Or get, yeah. get threatened, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, I'm sure you sort of looked at the men in black aspect of all this, too, because that, that's one where people don't know if they're humans or aliens or, or what. They're kind of like the black-eyed Kids situation.
0: Yeah, a lot of people connect to both, but I don't know if there's there's a connection. I find the black-eyed kids better, better uh, more sinister than the men in black, actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, uh, but man in black has been reported, uh, you know, in the U.S., U.K., in South America, Australia, many countries, uh, France. Uh, uh, funny thing in 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 Russia and Eastern Europe, very few cases uh, of actual men in black tie reports. Maybe one or two, one or two that I know. Huh. Interesting. Not that many at all. Wow.
2: Well, Interesting. Yeah. You've sort of drawn this delineation between Eastern Europe and the United States twice now, with the men in black thing and the greys. So I guess why why do you think there's this difference between what's being seen and reported between those two regions of the world?
0: I don't know if it's a cultural thing or, or not, but uh, in like like I was saying, grey type creatures or humanoids, very rare, and uh, in the in Russia or Eastern Europe in the 70s or 80s or the 90s. Began to have some types of great type creatures late 90s, Hungary, uh, Poland, Russia. I don't know why, I don't know what, uh, but um, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe they, they, they had different type of, uh, visitors back in the 90s or in the 80s. They were mostly human type, tall or giant or robotic, different types, uh, maybe, yeah they started they moved on in the u s uh originally if you look at the catalog of entities in the uh, and ballet's book passport to magonia there were there there are no reports of grace there at all in the fifties or sixties in the u s or even the early seventies uh not until uh, you know travis walton incident yeah seventy five uh, a lot of the cases of great encounters in the '50s and '60s were from people that remember those later on under hypnotic, you know, regression, you know, mm. and then uh, mostly in the '80s or '90s. I remember, yes, I uh, was abducted back in '59 by Gray, you know, by the Grays. I don't know, food for thought, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's well, you wonder where. How that all happened? How they how they decided to come here? Maybe they got permission, or or things changed. You wonder, like what changed here? To if, if if something changed here to allow that kind of encounter? Who knows?
0: Well, I gotta I gotta believe that uh, that the uh, the dawn of the uh, the nuclear age had something to do with it. I mean, I think, I'm uh, not a um, you know big into into you know the politics of all, all that, but I think. Uh, Detonating atomic bombs in the upper atmosphere and underground. I think that has to do something. Somebody has to notice that, or some, from somewhere, hmm. somebody or something. It has to affect somebody. If, they, if we were talking about other dimensions, maybe there's some kind of a dimensional rift that are happening. Uh, who knows?
1: Right. It could have a, It could have
2: like a negative effect on 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 their uh, ecosystem. So
0: right, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
2: right. and then they come here to be like, "Hey, stop it, dude! Stop doing this stuff because it's hurting other people." And maybe you know, eventually they'll lash out at us if we keep messing with their, with
0: their, with their, you know, uh, environment, their environment. Well, I don't, I don't think we we have tested any nuclear weapons for a while. Not at least not in the U.S. and or you know, I don't know about other countries. I think the last country that tested it. A nuclear weapon was either India or Pakistan, one of them.
2: Yeah, it would stand to reason one of these countries that are developing nuclear weapons would be, uh, Yeah. And then, you know, it's, a, that's the difficult part too in a way, because l- let's say Iran is developing, a, well, we, uh, we're under the impression Iran is developing a nuclear weapon. And if we, right. n- from what we know about the history of all this, it would stand to reason then that there would be an uptick of UFO activity, uh, in and around yeah. there. But countries like that, in North Korea, we're never going to find out what, what kind of UFO events are happening there. So it's a different North, point.
0: North Korea is nil nil information about UFOs. Uh, there's a lot of believe it or not, there's a lot of information of, on UFOs in Iran.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, there there's has been a lot case. of incidents, uh, not 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 so far as humanoids, but a lot of incidents of encounters in, in Iran. Uh, humanoids in, in Iran, there there were several reports in the seventies
2: now, what about the jinn have you looked at the uh the jinn at all 'cause uh that is a humanoid type entity uh that p- pops
0: up now and again well yeah the, the, according to muslim lore the the jinn is, is some kind of uh is one of the creatures supposedly created by god that uh um, what i don't know it, it was like an angel but it not not- not good enough it, so it was uh it was banished to, an, to another dimension or another region. And according to to lore, they, they've been trying to get over to our, you know, our plane of uh, existence here and take over. And they always hated human, the jinn. Yeah. They've been trying to take over. But, uh, that, that's another type of humanoid, you know, to, for sure. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's the whole website, I mean, with like, the jinn encounters and the, in a lot of the Muslim countries, mm. Mm. yeah, those I, ones... I really haven't encountered. I really haven't included too many of those. Maybe a maybe a few, but not too many. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. There's a whole sinister element to the djinn that's even adds yeah. another layer of creepiness to it. You know, there are different but, types of jinns. Yeah. yeah, as far as I can recall, I think they're the only the only uh, entity except for, I suppose, demons, which might be the same thing, that that are just pretty much known to hate humans. So, you know. Right, right. Th- you don't get that with, like, Bigfoot or even the aliens. Uh, no. But with the I'm jin, it okay. seems pretty clear-cut cl- clear that they, they're not big fans of humans, so. No, don't like us too much. Now, what about robots? You also have robots in the mix here of this whole thing, and uh, I'm good buddies with Bruce Rux, and he's a huge proponent of the ETs as robots theory. Um, so talk a little bit about uh, some of these cases you've had where where people
0: report encountering robots. Most of the robot encounters that I have are, are like robot type in, uh, entities, accompanied by uh, other entities, more human type entities, or even greys. And uh, the robot seems to be like some kind of uh, either uh, some kind of security, or some kind of guard, or some kind of uh, helper with the uh, with the uh, you know. Flesh and bone entities, first, you know, so to speak. Hmm. There, but there, there's been reports of uh, robot-like type entities themselves, some kind of um, a creature or some kind of uh, humanoid coming out of a UFO that looks just like, like a robot, type, type of metallic. And there's been cases in which uh, contactees or even abductees have been told that by the Told uh, Nordics that they've been told uh, that some of the greys are actual robotic or androids made by them. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. There's there could be a possibility. yes So many. it's like a big uh, gumbo If you ask, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you there's say uh, here, you you have uh, you know entities, beings, little men, giants, MIB creatures, amphibians, reptilians, greys, etc. We're dealing with the whole uh, menagerie of, of creatures. Now, you do have an article on the site about uh, aquatic encounters. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What's
0: what's going on there? For ages, we have encountered aquatic entities, mermaids. I mean, uh, and e- even in modern times, we have mermaid encounters. In, in Israel, in 2009, off the coast of uh, Israel, there were several encounters with a mermaid, a woman. Type creature. In Zimbabwe, in, uh, in Peru, in a, in a lake, a mermaid, and this is, I'm talking about 2010, mm-hmm. uh, mermaid type encounters. Uh, and besides mermaids, uh, other aquatic, uh, entities. In the Crimea and the Ukraine, there's, a an, an area there that they've seen, uh, huge entities swimming underwater that appear to be with scales, or they're human like uh, but they, they don't look like the mermaid you know like a regular mer- mermaid so there's some other type of uh, underwater creature but uh, ever since uh th- there's been throughout the ages encounters with uh besides the you know your sea serpent as uh, you know type mermaids and other aquatic humanoids. now what happens
2: what happens when these people see the the mermaids are there any interaction? Between the people and the, and the creatures?
0: There have been reports of interaction yeah, that actually the, either the creature or the mermaid jumps on board the vessel or, or comes ashore. Uh, and there's been reports of uh, a mermaid here and there being captured, mostly in the, uh, like, uh, early middle ages.
2: Well what 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 do they do when they jump on board the ship or what do they what what happens in the interaction I mean do they talk to the people what do they say uh, give me give me a little bit uh give me a
0: little bit about that but What I remember of the cases of uh board uh the vessel the one's that there was one that was captured and then sent thrown back into the water but was another one that jumped on board but there was no no uh verbal communication or of any sort uh well, not not too much communications that I can recall in the in the mermaid type cases
2: hmm. interesting, okay now, beyond the warnings of of uh, we talked about sort of the warnings that they, that they've communicated at times, not the mermaids, but just entities in general, and also sort of instances where they say, You know, do you remember me?' Are there any other communications that we know of? Obviously, the ongoing type contact e stuff, but any anything else, any sort of messages you think that that particularly resonate with you that you've heard from these encounters
0: that that might be worth talking about? Uh, another theme that seems to be very common: people are told that they're, back, they're that they will know in the future why they they have been contacted, that they're being prepared for something. You're not ready uh, they're not ready yet, but in the future, you will know why this happened or why you were a or why you were doing this to you, and you will know in the future in a sense, they're supposed to know something, and when it happens, why, and they're supposed to do something you're being prepared for something, and when that happens you you know what you will know what to do that's that's another another uh, message being told to you know different people that's bizarre i found it bizarre, too, because it, it, I thought it was only one instance, but then I started getting different instances of people being told that
2: and this is when do these sort of things happen like uh more recently or are we talking throughout the course of uh you know the last hundred years or whatever
0: throughout the course, maybe starting in the eighties weird eighties uh, when the when the missing time came of age,
1: yeah.
2: So we've almost got like see cause, yeah part probably why I ask that is because like maybe you, you, if it was something that was happening in the forties and the fifties, you think the window was closed for whatever was supposed to happen for these people, but if it was happening in the eighties and the nineties and stuff then that we, we could be like you said earlier we could be approaching something that we we don't know about yet
0: well in the fifties there mostly the if there were cases like that like like I said earlier there were Discarded or ignored by the whoever was investigating. Yeah. Or the only cases that we heard of that were any contact were the contactees. With you know most of them, you know, I, I, you can't really say that. You know, maybe, maybe some of them had uh, an encounter, but then they made the rest of the stuff up. You know, who knows?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Now.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope,
2: it's unfortunate. I'm sure there's people that do make this stuff up when well, that's, you know, that's a, that's oh, a sure. disappointment. Uh, I mean, I,
0: I, I want to chronicle, I want to document every, in, every instant possible that I could, I, I get of, that I get my whole, that I get a hold of, you know, I read out of, I'm told about or I read. Yeah. But I'm sure there's going to be cases there that are bogus. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, a am not a fool. I know I, 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 I don't believe everything I read either, you know. Um, I just wanna, I just wanna get everything down recorded. Hmm. Uh, I feel like it's important.
2: Well, one aspect of this whole paranormal phenomena that I've talked about on the show before and, and, uh, with different types of guests, uh, is just the idea that maybe this stuff's just generated from the mind. That, that maybe these are like Tulpa type effects, even if it's subliminal. Um, you know, somebody has an encounter or somebody sees more, more likely maybe in these serendipitous type events, maybe just somebody sees something anomalous, but really it's a projection of the mind. I mean, what what do you think of that whole line of thought?
0: All right. Yeah. There's been cases when somebody is like, maybe they go into a trance and they, they see all kinds of uh, like uh scene, scenery or scenes or entities and they think they've been different places and they've been in a room the whole time, somebody staring at them or sitting next to them and and, and knowing that they haven't gone anywhere. Maybe they, they projected their mind somewhere somewhere else or something. Uh, I call those cases uh, psychic cases uh, in a different category completely.
2: Right, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. So you're saying, yeah, like... uh you're saying more that the, that the effect is, is imposed on them perhaps than it's something
0: that they've created. Uh, so. Maybe it's a, some kind of projection from the mind or something. Or, I don't know, is this triggered by something? Well, no, I, I had, I read of uh, cases of people that had some kind of seizure, temporal lobe and they seen, they seen stuff. Oh god. And, uh, you know, temporal lobe seizure. And, uh, of course, people, also people that, uh, experienced, the uh, uh, DMT, is it, uh, that is some kind of hallucinogenic, and and they see entities also. Yeah, but you know that's another uh, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, like I said, I mean, you're trying to sort through a whole bunch of different stuff all at once. It's uh, it's it's remarkable the work that you do. Beyond continuing this this mission of chronicling all these things, what's next for you? What do you have? Uh, you know, what do you have planned on the horizon? Have you ever considered? I guess the the gist of that question really is: Have you ever considered putting putting together some kind of
0: book that will that will really? Yeah, I, I have. I guess I haven't been able to get the right connection yet. Uh, I want to do that. I want to do maybe several volumes. Oh yeah, you'd have to I with have. all this stuff. Yeah, well, oh, definitely. I, I had a couple of uh, issues with people copying all of my information and trying to publish. Something in Amazon under their name, and then I had a—it's incredible. They—they they just copied and pasted everything and and just put it in a in a Kindle format yeah. a book. Amazon tried to publish it. Of course, I had a <clears throat> at Amazon, and I say this this person stole everything I had in my webpage without my permission. So it's been it's been some problems like that.
2: That's ridiculous.
0: I, they they uh they try to say that they're they uh themselves compiled everything and and uh incredible i can't i don't know how people can do that, but hey. yeah that's just pathetic uh you know anyone that's
2: that's just like a really uh scummy thing to do I don't know yeah, yeah. They, shame on those people is what I say um. So yeah, so I definitely I highly recommend you put together a book on this stuff. But like I said, I mean I went to one one year on here and it was like two hundred and fifty pages of a PDF file and it was so just the sheer amount of stuff is is amazing and and uh you know, just the I tremendous.
0: I try to I try to make each entry as long as possible with all the important information in there. You know, I, I try to stay away from short entries, but there are many of those. But I try to make the entry uh, as as informative as possible, you know, yeah. to make it interesting. You know.
2: Oh yeah, well, there's just you, you could get lost for days in this in this website. So, like I said, I can't commend you enough, uh, Albert. You're doing some tremendous work. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, I always I always know a good researcher because after I'm done talking to them, I have more questions than I had answers uh you know going into this about the subject i mean if you know what i mean uh a renewed curiosity and i definitely feel that from talking to you uh i am even more confused about the phenomenon than i was prior to all this so, me too <laughs> i can imagine I, I can imagine um yeah, it's, it's a tremendous amount of work and, and, uh, I gotta put you over here too, Albert, cause you've done some just tremendous stuff and you're so humble about it. I really am amazed. Uh, anybody else in this field who has done the amount of work that you have compiling this stuff would be patting themselves on the back so much they, they have an injured shoulder. That's how <laughs> it is in this field, so.
0: you know what? I enjoy it. I, I do. I, sometimes I do. Get a little fed up and 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 frustrated and confused, especially when something like that happened. What I mentioned earlier, but I feel like I have con- to continue doing it. And I, I enjoy I enjoy typing all that. I I I, I type and I compile and I translate. I, I I try to do all I can to get this all the information down.
2: Yeah, I mean, your humility is breathtaking, man. I mean you you're doing amazing stuff, and I'm glad that. I'm glad that Greg turned me on to your, to your material and, and that, uh, you know, we've had the opportunity to have you here on this show and you've been on Radio Mysterioso and I'm sure you'll be back on my show and Greg's show and hopefully on some other shows too because, uh, more people need to know about this work that you're doing because it's tremendous. Um, and it'll give them a whole another look at this phenomenon in a lot of ways. So I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. We'll definitely get you back on the show to talk you more love. about this. Uh, maybe when I have it a long stretch of time when I can really uh dig further into
0: this. I'll try and okay. do that idea
2: of putting together the topics. Try, to, try to read
0: uh, some, of the, what, some of the cases and see if you find me interesting cases that you want to discuss, and we could do that.
2: Yeah, we'll do that sometime uh, in the future. Yeah. We'll do sort okay. of a, like Great. a best of. But uh, on that note, thank you very much for coming on the show, Albert. It's been a real pleasure, my friend. All right. Uh, same here. That does it for this edition of BOA Audio Season 8. Big, big thanks to Albert Rosales for coming on the show and for giving us so much time. Be sure to check out his website, ufoinfo.com slash humanoid. Pretty simple, ufoinfo.com slash humanoid. There you can dig into the 17,000 plus case files on Humanoid encounters that he has compiled so carve out a little bit of time to dig into this website it is like a rabbit hole my friends once you go down into the humanoid encounter case file database that he has created you're going to be in there for quite some time because it is tremendous stuff kudos to him for his tireless work Moving right along now, it's time for BOA Audio listener feedback, but if you're a long-time listener of the program, you can almost certainly guess what I'm about to say right now, and that is that we are going to eschew listener feedback here this week because this episode is long, long, long overdue. I don't even know what happened. Actually, I do know what happened. The last time you heard from me, we were doing... The live edition of BOA Audio with the boys from Project Archivist, Lobo, and Rogan. And as you may recall, I was sick as a dog. Thankfully, we managed to wrap up that live program without any incidents during the show. But it took me about five or six days to truly recover from that illness. And then next thing you know... I was barreling headlong into a week of scheduled taped episodes. And as is always the case when we do the taped episodes, they require quite a bit of time on my end because I want to dive into the materials of the guests. So here I was. I had my head down. I was doing these taped episodes. I think we taped four new editions of BOA Audio in the last couple of weeks, And then I looked up and I said, oh my goodness, it's been way too long since we posted this program. Thankfully, I'm sitting on a pretty clear schedule for a change. And I could take the time this past weekend and today to wrap up the Albert Rosales edition of the show, which you have just listened to. I'm also sitting on the BOA Audio Baseball Special, which is historically overdue at this point. I'm going to buckle down tomorrow and hopefully have the rest of the segments for that program edited. And barring any unforeseen developments, have that special edition of the program available for folks on Thursday. Because the less time I spend on that, the better, as the vast majority of BOA Audio listeners do not tune into the baseball special. Beyond that, the plan right now is to contact a couple of friends and see about doing another live edition of the program very, very shortly. Hopefully, perhaps Sunday. Best case scenario would be Thursday, but I'm highly skeptical of that. But Sunday or the following week, we'll do another live episode we got a backlog at this point, which is great. We got a backlog of tape shows that are really, really good. I was uh, very, very happy with these tape shows that we recorded in the last couple of weeks. So for the folks who have been itching to hear BOA audio, don't worry. I wasn't just resting on my laurels. I wasn't sitting here with my feet up saying, oh, they can wait. I was really buckling down and recording some fantastic future editions of the program which you're going to start hearing very, very shortly. That's pretty much it. That's basically what's been going on. Sick and then overwhelmed with taped programs and then the annual WrestleMania existential crisis coupled with the BOA Audio Baseball special keeping me busy, busy, busy. But it is smooth sailing now, and I feel the wind picking up in my sails, and I cannot wait to start unleashing these conversations on you folks and getting back behind the seat for some live editions of the program. With that said, let me give you the means to contact me if you'd like to reach out and be a part of future installments of BOA Audio Listener Feedback. First of all, you can write to Benall at com, Pretty simple, B-I-N-N-A-L-L at com,
1: Or you can just
2: head on over to the website and click the contact button. If you want something a little more interactive, you can also join up at the official B O A forum, the US of E dot com T H E U S O F E. We like to call it BOA's Paranormal Playground. Lots of discussion going on there regarding the world of the esoteric as well as pop culture and sports. So join up at the US of E for some off-kilter examination of our very weird world. Additionally, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, so just punch in Benall, B I N N A L L, that'll bring up my respective profiles on those social network sites. I would be happy to have you as part of my online circle of friends. And of course, I've got a plug Benall of America on Facebook. You can find that simply by punching in Benall of America in the search function on Facebook or by clicking the little Facebook icon at BOA. The BOA Facebook page is where I post the latest in-house news from Banal of America and where I respond to various BOA audio listener feedback inquiries. So head on over there if you want to join in on the virtual fun happening at BOA on Facebook No matter how you choose to reach out to me, trust me, my friends, I read all correspondences from BOA Audio listeners and try to write people back as soon as possible. If I haven't got back to you yet, folks, sit tight. I will reach out to you in response to your correspondence. And I want to hear your thoughts on the program, the season, guests you want to hear in the future. Previous guest you really enjoyed and want to hear back on the show. All that good stuff. Send me your thoughts on the program. BOA Audio is truly an interactive show. And it is fueled, as we say at the end of the show, every episode by the BOA Audio listeners. Up next, please allow me to take a moment and thank the outstanding and esteemed BOA staff. Leslie, Chiron, Regan Lee, Jovi. Tina Senna, Richard Thomas, Marla Pena, Bruce Pretty, Tony Morrill, our webmaster Ray Weigel, and our graphics guru Jeremy Boston. We have got a new piece up at Banal of America just posted in the last 24 to 48 hours from the esteemed Regan Lee. So be sure to check that out at BOA. And I want to make another renewed call for fresh voices to feature at Banal of America. If you have something to say about the esoteric, good, bad, or ugly, let me know. I'd love to bring you into the fold at BOA and give you a platform to spread your writing. You know how to get hold of me. I already pushed the contact methods. So if you're thinking about writing about the paranormal, please Keep us in mind and let us know if you'd be interested in joining the BOA staff. Traditionally, now would come the time in the program where I take my hat off and pass it around and ask for donations from the BOA audio listeners. But since it has been three weeks since you heard from me last, I really don't feel quite comfortable asking for donations. So we'll do the right thing here. Help somebody else out if you want to this week. That would be great because, as I said, it's been a while since you heard from me. I'll push you for donations on the next edition of the program, but I don't want to be disingenuous here and ask for donations after you haven't heard from me in quite some time. On the next edition of BOA Audio, aside from the 2014 BOA Audio Baseball Special, I cannot tell you specifically what you'll be hearing next. I'd like to schedule another live edition of the program and probably will be contacting some folks tomorrow to see about doing that. As I said, best case scenario is Thursday, but it is highly unlikely. More likely, a special Easter Sunday edition of BOA Live with hopefully a real barn burner of a guest. I've got somebody in mind, that I'd like to bring back onto the show. So hopefully, if he's free on Sunday, I think we're going to see if we can do that, and it would be killer. Beyond that, I'm going to start diving into these taped programs that I recorded over the last few weeks and start putting those together and getting those ready to unleash. As always, stay tuned to Banal of America and BOA on Facebook for all the latest news ...on the next edition of POA Audio. Hopefully, all of the interminable delays... ...that have really dragged us down here... ...at the beginning of 2014... ...are in the rear view mirror... ...and we can get back to some semblance... ...of a normal schedule. It drives me as crazy as it drives all of you folks. Trust me, it drives me nuts... ...when we go so long without doing a show. So, hopefully, we can get things back on track here... As we roll into the latter third of BOA Audio Season 8. Unbelievable. This is Episode 19 of Season 8. And traditionally we only go 33 episodes per season. So we're well past the halfway point. We are closing in on the end of Season 8 already. It's uh, been an amazingly fast journey this year. Especially when you consider the delays that have plagued us in January and March. So stay tuned. That's really all I have to say about that. Stay tuned because we got a lot of great stuff coming at you in the next few weeks and months as we head toward the close of Season 8. And with that said, we close the book on this edition of the program. Thank you once again to Albert Rosales for coming on the show and, of course, enormous thanks to all you folks out there The hardcore BOA audio listeners, the ones who stick around to the very end of the show, the folks who email me and post on Facebook asking when the next edition is going to be coming out. You guys are awesome. You are, as I've always said, the fuel that drives the BOA mothership. Thank you for your enduring support of this program, and thank you once again for making BOA Audio a part of your esoteric audio playlist. Until next time, this is Tim Banal, thanking you for listening and signing off.